Welcome back to another week. It is Rick Six. I'm back home for Thanksgiving and I'm on my own this week, unfortunately. Gletho and Preston are busy, couldn't find a date to do the podcast, so I am doing it on my own. But I am excited because we got some Thanksgiving games. However, that means this episode is going to be unfortunately short. So I'm going to roll through these games and it's going to be it's going to be a quick one, but we're going to get it in. Uh, you know, we got some Thanksgiving games coming up. We got three on Thursday, so it's going to be really fun. Glad to be back home with the fam for a couple of days before I head back to College Station. So going to try to make this as quick as possible and, uh, you know, enjoy some Thursday night games tomorrow for Thanksgiving. So hope everyone has a safe holiday Thanksgiving and let's go ahead and get on into this. We're kicking off Thanksgiving with a 12 o'clock game. The Buffalo Bills going on the road to play the Detroit Lions. Now they're on the road, but they're opening up as a nine point favorite. Now look, Detroit, four and six right now, but they've won three straight. They beat the Packers, they beat the Bears, and they just got done outplaying the Giants, which I'm pretty sure I picked against the Lions all three weeks. Um, and I'm going to pick against them again. You know, Buffalo as a nine point favorite on the road. Look, I get Buffalo hasn't maybe been looking as dominant as we thought they would. Uh, but they're starting to, you know, put some things together. I think that game in Cleveland, they got a little bit rolling towards the second half and they looked better. So whole, I'm going to be watching this. I think this game is going to be close. I really like Lions covering, uh, but I think the Bills are going to be able to go in there, score 30 on this, you know, defense of the the Lions that I don't think is that good. So I think the Bills go in, they score 30, but I got the Lions covering. So watch for a sneaky close game. I'm going to say 30 to 24. Lions do cover, but I do like the Bills in this game. Bills did avenge their loss. Lions are trying to win four straight. I just don't see it happening. Uh, but the Lions, I mean, they got something to say right now. Obviously, looking back at that game versus the Giants, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson had a really good game. <laughs> if I, you know, throwing out some stats here, Aiden Hutchinson now has the same number of pick as Sauce Gardner and more sacks than Trayvon Walker and Kayvon Thibodeau combined. I mean, I would have never thought I would have said that like a couple, you know, weeks ago or even at the beginning of the season. So, you know, really good to see him. I mean, he's in the running for defensive rookie of the year. Don't think he's going to win it, uh, but you got a lot of young talent right now playing really good. So, like I said, I, I I like the Lions covering in this game. I think it's going to be a fun Thanksgiving game. And watch for Detroit, man, because this could be a trap game. You guys normally know that I keep the boys' gains for last, but I'm going to go ahead and get it out of the way because it's Thanksgiving. we got to knock out these Thanksgiving games. The Dallas Cowboys are at home. They're playing the New York Giants, and we are rocking the old-school star jerseys, throwback ones. Um, I mean, they personally, I like them. I know my dad doesn't really like them very well. Uh, we were talking about it the other day. I, I like the old throwbacks a little bit more with the star on the side, but overall, I like the helmets, the all-white helmet, the white on the side with the blue, the navy. It just looks really good. I think it's a really good look. I'm excited to see us wear those on Thanksgiving, uh, but we're playing a Giants team that is very depleted right now. We're opening up as nine-point favorites at home. We played them last time. We beat them 23-16. to 16. We had Cooper Rush in. Obviously, Dak Prescott is going to try to get these boys you know, rolling at home on a short week. Now, here's the thing. It's always that point in the year where we kind of find out what kind of team the Cowboys are going to beat. That loss to Green Bay last week was really bad. And I, we talked about it on the podcast last week. I did not like the way we looked. I didn't like the body language. I didn't like the way the refs called that game. No excuses. Aaron Rodgers owns us. Death taxes. Aaron Rodgers owns us. I was talking about that. But at the end of the day, you know, it was a really bad loss. We were at 14 in the fourth quarter and we blew it and came to OT. I know there were some questionable calls, but we shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. We made the, the Packers look competent on offense and they lost last week against the Titans. They look like the Packers that they had looked, you know, the past four or five weeks before that. So of course they have to play their best game against us, but that's besides the point. Green Bay is not a good team. Dallas had a really bad week. How did they respond? They went in and they throttled the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I had them winning and bouncing back. I know a lot of people didn't. And my, my dad and I were talking about it. My dad said, honestly, I thought we were going to lose that game. I thought it was going to be a really good game. 
But we've had the Vikings numbers in the past, and we absolutely throttled them that game. It wasn't even close. 40 to 3. We beat them by 37 points. Kirk Cousins had no time to throw. Justin Jefferson got locked by Trayvon Diggs. I mean, just it was the most complete football game I've ever seen. And and that's how good teams rebound. You know, if we were a little concerned for the Cowboys after last week losing to the Packers, they were able to bounce back. And and something about this team that feels different this year, and I'm not, I'm not going to try to get too overconfident, is this team holds each other accountable. You know, Micah Parsons, Mike McCarthy, they were noticeably pissed off. Like, I've never seen Mike McCarthy that emotional in a press conference after a loss. And, you know, for good reason, he's playing his old team in Green Bay. You know, the, the emotions he was crying. And I'm sure he was pissed off that they lost that game. So what did he do? probably laid him, ripped him in a new one in that locker room and told him, hey, we can't lose games like this. I know Micah Parsons was pissed. They went in there. There was probably some curse words, obviously, and and they knew they had to be better than that. And they know they were playing a red-hot Minnesota team that has won seven straight, going on their home turf. Odds are stacked against you. Yes, you are favored, which is kind of crazy. Maybe you think, oh, Vikings easily cover and win the game. But no, Cowboys went in there and they throttled them. They punched him in the mouth and Dak Prescott played almost phenomenal. Uh, I'm pretty sure he only had like three or four incompletions and he played really good. Didn't turn the ball over. Tony Pollard continued to show why he's the number one back in this league. And then Zeke Elliott's obviously, you know, takes the workload from him as well. So just overall a, a great performance, you know, looking at some of those plays in that game, that, that throw before halftime to CD lamb on the, on the sideline, he like toe tapped it. It, it was amazing. It was the best throw I've ever seen Dak make almost, you know, arguably. And then Maher going in there and having to kick back-to-back 60-yard field goals. The first time, he barely whiffs it in. Second time, absolutely drains it. That's just a ball-don't-lie scenario because I thought the rest were going to hoe us in that scenario because why did we have to kick the field goal again? Because we had already made it and they went to go review that play if CD kept his feet in. They reviewed it after he already kicked it. So at that point, it shouldn't have even mattered. I don't know. I've never seen anything like that, but that ball don't lie because Maher just drained it the next time. It's nice to see Maher coming in and, and having a good second time stint with the Cowboys here. Like I said, there's always that point in the season where you kind of know what kind of team the Cowboys are going to be. And last year when they had those, you know, they always have that you know, where they have those three games in 12 days things. And it's like really hard to play complimentary football when you're playing that much football in that less period of time and, you know, least amount of rest. Last year, they didn't respond to it at all. On the road to Kansas City, lost that game. Offense played ugly. Then on Thanksgiving, they played one of their worst games ever. Still hung on with the Raiders, lost in OT because of all those pass interference calls on Anthony Brown, which I was there. And that that was like a four-hour game and it probably the worst game I've ever seen in, in my life. Just so frustrating. You know, losing those two games in a row and then even the Saints game the, the next week after that, you're like, man, this Cowboys team, maybe maybe they're just not as good as we thought. This year, we're going to find out. So I'm interested to see how they play on Thanksgiving because they went from playing really bad and poorly against the Packers team to throttling the Minnesota Vikings, which I would have thought it would have been the other way around. But I also did say, knowing the Cowboys, they would lose that Green Bay game and then beat Minnesota. But I didn't think it would be in that scenario. I didn't think it would be, oh, barely lose to the Packers and then blow out the Vikings. I would think, okay, lose to the Packers and win a close game against the Vikings because you're pissed off and you rebound. Complete opposite. I mean, just the the momentum standpoint, everything else was just a whole lot different. So I don't know how I'm going to feel. All I know is playing three football games in 12 days is hard. So I am going to be so glad after this game is over because once it's over, we get some rest. We get to chill. We get to enjoy our Sunday, watch these other teams play, hopefully end with the win because we haven't won on Thanksgiving since 2018. And the Giants are just beat up, man. These injuries are bad for the Giants. Half their offensive line is out. Rondell Robinson just tore his ACL. You know, prayers for him. So they have a lot of injuries. They are really banged up going into this game. 
I really just don't see them generating enough offense for them to keep up with us, if you ask me. So I think the Cowboys are going to get off to a pretty big lead and just kind of coast. Uh, but if not, Cowboys tend to start better in the second half anyways. So regardless if it's close or not, I think they'll pick it up in the second half because they're a really good second half team. So I'm going to say that the Cowboys do win this game. Do Giants cover? I mean, what, 10, nine point spread? Mm, no, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say Cowboys do enough to pull away. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants cover just because the Cowboys always look like crap on Thanksgiving sometimes. So, And knowing them on a short week, they'll play bad after playing absolutely out of their mind against Minnesota. Trust me, I know how this team rolls. I know how this team functions. It wouldn't surprise me. But I'm going to say the Cowboys get it done. We'll go 31-20. to 20. They will cover. Really interested in this next game. New England Patriots going on the road to play the Minnesota Vikings. Look, Kirk Cousins, primetime, Thanksgiving, Patriots, Belichick, Look, I know a lot of people are going to want to pick the Patriots to win this game. And I'm very concerned. Like, this is one of the harder games to pick this week. Uh, I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, Kirk Cousins in primetime, like New England and Minnesota's favorite. Come on, maybe upset of the week. But then I have to look at how embarrassed Minnesota got last week. Like, they got embarrassed by us. It was bad. And I have a really hard time knowing their coaching staff, their continuity, Kirk Cousins, say what you want about him. He's a pretty decent quarterback. And Justin Jefferson, like just being non-existent last week. I have a really good feeling that they're going to come back and they're going to bounce back and beat the Patriots because I think they'll be able to outscore them. Now, look, this Minnesota team is still okay. I think we know that maybe they're not like Super Bowl contenders after that, but we at least know that they're still a good team. I mean, they won seven straight. They're still one of the better teams in the NFC. And the Patriots are just... Look, that game last week was was absolutely ridiculous. That Jets game, look, I picked the Jets to win in New England. I know it was a gamble, but the game was three to three the whole time. Like there was literally no offense. It was an awful game. Obviously, we're gonna have to talk about Zach Wilson's situation and everything, but let's let's just focus on the Patriots here, right? Like Matt Judon's leading the league in sacks with 13, playing absolutely phenomenal, one of the best defensive players in the league. But offensively, I think the Patriots' inconsistencies are going to catch up to them. Like down the stretch, once they play Buffalo, once they play Miami again, like it's going to catch up to them. And I just don't see this team making the playoffs. Look, I know they're starting to put some things together. And yes, they own the Jets. But just looking back on that Patriots-Jets game last week, like I said, 3-3, three to three, they won on a punt return. Like really? That's That's how the game ended? That was the touchdown of the day, was a punt return. Crazy game, no offense. Jets have a good defense credit, but Minnesota is going to be able to go in there. I think they'll be able to control the game, and they'll bounce back, and they'll show that they're better team. So I got the Vikings winning their favorite, and I'm going to say that they win 26-23. to It'll be a close game right around the spread. All right, Tampa Bay Buccaneers going on the road to play the Cleveland Browns. Okay, so Tampa Bay... Sitting at 500, they're a very average team. The Browns are four and six. Oh man, this is the team that the Cowboys are probably going to play in the playoffs. Tom Brady, we'll see what happens. Uh, Falcons are still in there. And believe it or not, the Panthers might actually still be in there. I guess we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. Tampa Bay's opening up as three-point favorites on the road. And look, I'm going to take them this game. I don't really have too much to say about this game. Browns, They played pretty good with Jacoby Brissett last week against the Bills in Detroit. 
Um, I wish that game wouldn't have got moved for the snow. It would have been really fun, uh, possibly to see the Browns run all over them uh, with Nick Chubb because it would have favored them if it was a snow game because they would have had to run the ball and Buffalo doesn't run the ball very well. So that would have been very interesting looking at it in that aspect. Tampa Bay, they are coming off of a bye. I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady off a bye. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. This has like 19 to 17 written all over it. 19, 17, 19, 16. I got Buccaneers winning. Really big game right here for AFC playoff implications. Cincinnati Bengals going on the road to play the Tennessee Titans. Titans are rolling right now. Bengals got a shootout win versus the Steelers. Titans are coming off of a win versus the Packers on the road, which I picked against them. Don't know why I did that. Now looking back on it, should have known. Just thought maybe that the Packers, after beating the Cowboys, would have got a spark. Nope, they're still the Packers. Nothing has changed on that team. Still have a lot of problems. Tennessee, Derrick Henry got a rushing touchdown. And I mean, he's continuing to show why he's so great. And maybe he regressed a little bit, but he's been so consistent the past few years. I mean, he's amongst five people as the only players in NFL history with 10 plus rushing touchdowns and five straight seasons. He's in elite company with LT, Adrian Peterson, Sean Alexander, Michael Turner. So that's some big names right there. He's just so consistent. He's going to find a way to get in the end zone. I think he's going to find a way to get in the end zone in this game as well. And I like the Titans at home. This is a rematch from the AFC divisional round last year, which if you guys were listening to me last year, I was talking about the Titans going into the playoffs, me, Preston, and Gledhill, and I remember saying that the Titans are a team you don't want to play. They're a team that gets hot down the stretch. They were the number one seed. People forget they were the number one seed last year. Now, completely different team right now. This offense lacks a playmaker downfield without A.J. Brown, which I still think was a dumb decision that they ever did that. But besides the point, they're still a team that, you you know, you, you, don't, you probably don't want to play just because it's just agonizing having to stop the run and play action. And and Mike Vrabel is just such a genius of a head coach. So in a coaching scenario, I'm taking Mike Vrabel over Zach Taylor any day, right? Easily. But this game has a storyline to it just because it's a big rematch. And looking back on that, if the Titans had won that game, now say what you want about them being a fraudulent number one seed, maybe the worst number one seed of all time, blah, 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 whatever. Say what you want. They almost beat the Bengals in that game. The reason they lost that game is because Ryan Tannehill had one of the worst games of his life. He threw three picks in crucial moments. He threw it to Logan Wilson at the end of the game to put Joe Burrow and the Bengals in position to go kick the game-winning field goal and win that game. And they later on went to go win, <laughs> go to the Super Bowl, right? So at the times that won that game, not only would they still have home field advantage, the playoffs could have looked so much different. It's just crazy how, like, how much different it could have been if the Titans had won that game. So I think the Titans are going to get revenge this game. I really do. Uh, I think it's going to be a really, really close game. You know, it's a really close percentage, 57% in favor of the Titans. Bengals, like I said, they always have really good games against the Steelers. So if you think, oh, well, why have they give up 30 points against the Steelers? I wouldn't worry about that too much. The Steelers beat them earlier in the season. I think the Titans are going to win this game, but I think it's going to be really close. I think they get their revenge. And uh, I like I, I like this being a pretty high scoring game. So I'm going to say Titans get it done 28 to 25. They squeak it out. Texans at Dolphins. Dolphins coming off a bye and they are 14 point favorites against the Houston Texans, the atrocious Houston Texans. And surprisingly, 14 points, guys, is actually not even the biggest spread of the week. <laughs> That's funny. I will say that this probably might be the most lopsided game of the week if I had to guess. I'm going to say this game will probably be over by halftime. Wouldn't be surprised if we see some of the backups come in early. Look, Houston's horrible. They scored 10 points against the Commanders. Commanders have a good defense, but 
now Davis Mills is benched. And Kyle Allen, who actually used to play for the Washington Commanders, is coming in, and he's going to be starting. Look, it, this move just shows me that they're just trying some people out. They're obviously tanking right now. They kind of just have to tank, right? Like, they don't really have a choice. So Davis Mills, he's benched. Kyle Allen, really, beating the Dolphins in Miami as that much of an underdog, too. Like, there's there's, there's no way. Like, this is going to be a blowout. Dolphins are going to win. Let's go 35-13. to 13. Don't really have anything else to say about it, honestly. Like, this this is going to be bad. Chicago Bears going on the road to play the New York Jets. 78% in favor of the New York Jets. Now, maybe a couple weeks ago, I thought this game could have been possibly close, the way Justin Fields was progressing and Zach Wilson just being on and off. But now Zach Wilson's benched. And the Mike White era is back. We all know last year he he came in and he had those two really good historic games. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what... What he does coming in this game, being the the QB1, obviously Joe Flacco will be the QB2. They will not activate Zach Wilson because he is benched. They have given up on him. Let's just talk about how bad offensively the Jets were last week. They had nine completions. Nine completions. Zach Wilson had nine completions. They punted more times than completions. That's how bad their offense looked. It's clearly different without Brees Hall. There was a point in the second half where the Jets as a team had negative 21 passing yards. Negative 21. They lost the game 10 to 3. If you if I were to tell you those stats, you would say, oh, they, they got blown out. But that's just how good their defense is. So they got to get the quarterback situation right. Obviously, Mike White isn't the future, but I think he can come in and play really good. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in there and plays really good against the Bears. Justin Fields, uh, I heard he's questionable right now. So I don't know if he's going to play this game, which makes it even worse. So if that's the case, Trevor Simeon, I think, is the backup. I'm not very sure at this point. I think it's Trevor Simeon. Yeah, Trevor Simeon versus Mike White. Never thought I would say that. I mean, you could possibly argue AIDS game of the week territory there, but the Jets are actually still a pretty good team. I think they're going to go 7-4. I think being at home, this defense is going to shut down Trevor Simeon. And if Justin Fields play, I think he's going to have he's going to have some problems. You know, I picked Chicago again last week. I keep picking them because they're competitive and they found a spark offensively. They're just not there yet. The defense, they, you know, they're rebuilding right now. They're going to have the most cap space in the NFL by a mile next year. So we'll see what they do to, you know, surround Justin Fields, but they're just not there yet. But I am going to be tuning in every week to see this Bears offense with Justin Fields because he's making that progression. Last week, that game versus the Falcons was really good. I picked them to win and, you know, it was very close. It was a very, very close game. Cordell Patterson had another, he had that kickoff return, which made him the... Uh, uh, the most kick returns by a player in NFL history with nine. Yeah, I mean, that was great to see right there. I mean, then that was a big part of how they won. They won by three points. And yep, the Bears, I think they're going to lose again, unfortunately. I'm not going to pick them this time. I know I've been picking them the past few weeks. I picked them against the Lions. I picked them against the Dolphins. It's my upset of the week. It didn't work out for me. So I'm not going to do it this time. I think Mike White's going to have a spark for them. So I don't think this game will be close if Justin Fields doesn't play. I'm going to say that the Jets, they'll win 24 to 10. Yeah, about 24-10, 24-13. And I do like them to cover because they are favored by six at home. But we'll see what Mike White can do. We'll see what Mike White can do because, you know, going back to Zach Wilson, just didn't have a good game. You know, the the negative 21 passing yards as a team, the nine completions. You know, Robert Saul addressing the situation, saying that Zach careers here is not over. I know that it's going to be a narrative. The young man just needs a reset. So maybe just a confidence thing. I don't really know what to say. I mean, watching that press conference with him really just showed me that this was the right move. 
the, as an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. no. Just straight up, no. That's not the accountability you want to have as a quarterback. I mean, when you're a young quarterback, even if you don't believe that you're the problem, which you definitely were the problem in that game, even if you don't believe it, you got to be the bigger man. You got to be a leader and you got to say like, hey, you know what? I didn't play good enough. We didn't play good enough. And I have to be better moving forward. He didn't even say that. He just said straight up, he acted like it wasn't even his fault. I think he just needs some maturity. And I think Robert Saul is right. He does need a reset. As cliche as that sounds, get Mike White in there. You know, Zach Wilson, get your confidence back. Maybe mature a little bit. I don't know. Go to therapy. Do whatever you need to do because a five and two record as a starting QB this season, both losses coming to the pat. Him being five and two, that's not him, right? That's their run game with Brees Hall when he was healthy. And the defense, the defense has been one of the best in the league. Zach Wilson hasn't elevated them. And I had been saying the past few weeks that if the Jets want to have any chance to win the AFC East or even make a big playoff push, Zach Wilson is going to have to play better. And that was the final straw right there. He did not play better. He didn't take any accountability, you know, became selfish. And that's the way it is. And now I do agree that he regretted it because, you know, a lot of people are saying he regretted saying that. And he definitely did because, you know, earlier in the week, he confused why he got benched. He was like, why me? Why now? I want to play. Like that was his initial reaction. And then later on in the week, he said, I haven't been doing my job. So a lot of that can be frustration um, and acceptance. But at the end of the day, I just think he needs to grow up and learn some things and needs a reset like Robert Saul. I think Robert Saul said it well. So we'll move on from that. We'll see what Mike White can do. Oh gosh, here we go. Broncos and Carolina Panthers. Honestly, this might be the AIDS game of the week. Either this or the Steelers and the Colts. Man, this is pretty atrocious. Yeah, this this is bad. This This is really bad. I think this might be the second week in a row that we have the Broncos as the AIDS game of the week. They played the Raiders last week. It actually did a pretty, a pretty decent game, but besides the point, the Broncos are terrible, sitting at 3-7 and seven right now, and the Carolina Panthers as well are also, or I guess they're 4-7 and because, yeah, the bye weeks and stuff. Oh, okay, look, Carolina's bad, but because the Bucks have been so atrocious this year, they still have a chance to win this division somehow. Like I said earlier in the podcast, they have a chance. They're not going to do anything. Come on now. Uh, but it is interesting that no more P.J. Walker and no more Baker Mayfield, but Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold gets another shot at being the starting quarterback, which I never thought I would have said that, especially after last year. I mean, they started 3-0 and last year, and then we all saw what happened. Matt rolls out of there now. We'll see if Sam Darnold starts, you know, maybe gives them a spark a little bit. But come on, if you're the Broncos, like you can't lose this game, right? Their offense is horrific, but come on, it's the Panthers. Like you got to win this game, right? Like, like their defense should be able to win in this game, right? Fewest points per game allowed this season. You're looking at the Cowboys only allowing 16.7, Patriots 16.9, Broncos 17.1, Bills 17.4. Now, the difference between all four of those teams is one of those teams is a fraud. One of those teams is three and seven. The other teams are six and four and seven and three. So there's a problem there. The defense is playing really good for the Broncos, but the Broncos just can't score any points. That's their problem. They cannot score any freaking points. You got to be able to score points against the Panthers, right? You got to be able to score points against the Panthers. This is my AIDS game of the week, personally. And a lot of people have the Denver Broncos winning 66%. They should win this game, honestly. Like, 
I'm going to pick them. They're one and a half point favorites. Why not? Why not? Well, I shouldn't say why not. I mean, I would hope they would get it done against the Panthers. Ugly scoring game. Let's go Denver wins because they don't like scoring any points. 17 to 13. That It feels like this type of game at this point every week for the Broncos. Baltimore Ravens at Jacksonville Jaguars. Baltimore is opening up as a three and a half point favorites on the road here. And 95% in the ESPN picks can pick him is in favor of the Ravens winning this game. We'll start with the Ravens. The Ravens, uh, offensively, they looked really, really bad against the Panthers at home last week. I thought they were going to roll them. Thought it wasn't even going to be close. They only won 13 to three. It was probably the boringest game of the week. And at least in scoring. And they really didn't pull away till the end of the game. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, obviously, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, is holding this team back heavily. And Lamar Jackson is on a contract year. And I know he feels like he has to be Superman every week. He has to carry this team. And he really does because this offense is just so limited. So, I know a lot of people are going to want to go into this game and pick the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off a bye, being at home, maybe a possible trap game. Uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to say that the Ravens win, but I do like Jacksonville covering. I mean, it's three and a half, so it's not too big, but I do like Jacksonville covering being at home. I think they're going to come off a bye and play a little bit better. I think this game could be pretty close. So I'm going to say that the Ravens win, but the Jaguars cover. Let's go 23 to 21. It'll be a close game. LA Chargers going on the road to play the Arizona Cardinals, 85% in favor of the Chargers for good reason. The Cardinals are now four and seven. They just got obliterated on Monday night football in Mexico City versus the 49ers. The 49ers were just having fun out there. Cliff Kingsbury, if he is not on his way out, then I don't know what they're doing. I, I mean, he has to be, right? They just got completely embarrassed. Now I get it. The 49ers are a real scary threat to win the Super Bowl and win the NFC. But the Cardinals literally provided nothing in that game, provided absolutely nothing. I mean, even in that fourth quarter when George Kittle had that long touchdown and they just gave up, they literally just gave up and didn't even try to tackle him. No effort. You can tell this kind of this locker room and this team gave up on Cliff Kingsbury. I think they really gave up on him and it just seems like it's all at crossroads and he's on his way out. I, I got the Chargers. I look, the Chargers are getting a little bit healthier they haven't been healthy all year, you know, with Justin Herbert getting banged up, you know, Keenan Allen hamstring, Mike Williams has been out the past few weeks, uh, but they both came back last week in the lineup and Keenan Allen had a pretty good game, five receptions, 94 yards. Mike Williams was limited. He only had a catch. I think they'll get involved. They almost, almost beat the Chiefs. Wasn't enough. I think they, they take care of Arizona on the road here and Cliffs Kingsbury has got to be on his way out. This is the last straw. It's coming to an end. Only a matter of time. I got the Chargers winning this game, and I think they'll score 30 on this Cardinals defense. I'm going to say that they score 30 to the Cardinals, 21. Las Vegas Raiders going on the road to play the Seattle Seahawks. 86% in favor of the Seahawks in this game. Raiders are coming off of a OT walk-off game-winning touchdown by Devontae Adams. That was pretty cool to see. About damn time, that's all I got to say. Look, you beat the Broncos, you beat the division rivals, you swept them on the year. But at the end of the day, you're still the Raiders. Uh, you lost to a coach who had never had experience in his life. And he came off the couch and he beat y'all two weeks ago. And I said I was never going to pick the Raiders again this season after that. Didn't pick them last week against the Broncos. They won credit whoopee freaking do, right? Like credit to y'all. 
but you beat the Broncos. Now you're playing Seattle on the road, tough environment, Geno Smith. I don't think, I think your luck's going to run out. And uh, I still think you're a really bad football team. So Seattle's three and a half point favorites at home. Give me Seattle winning this game. Raiders will keep it close. And I think this game will come down to Geno Smith outplaying Derek Carr at home. So, yep, not going to take the Raiders to win it two weeks in a row. I got the Seahawks winning this game. And I'm going to say that they win by around the spread. I think they'll win by four. Let's go 24 to 20. All right. Well, y'all know how I said that... uh, (laughs) The Dolphins and the Texans wasn't the biggest spread of the week. Well, this is 16-point favorites in favor of the Chiefs, 97% in favor of the Chiefs to beat the Los Angeles Rams, the depleted Los Angeles Rams. I'm pretty sure uh, Bryce Perkins is starting this week, uh, if I'm not mistaken, for the Los Angeles Rams. They're just, oh, the Rams are bad. The Rams are bad. This one's going to get ugly. Look, another game that probably won't be close. Chiefs will go in there. They'll score 30, 34 points. We'll go 33. Rams, how much How much am I going to get Bryce Perkins? I'll give him seven. 33 to seven, Chiefs win. Another lopsided one right here. Nine and a half point favorites for the 49ers. They're at home. They're taking on the Saints. Saints are a mess as well. 96% in favor of them in the pigskin pick them. 49ers were having fun out there, man, in Mexico City. They look really dangerous. Uh, Credit that they were playing an inferior team. They just looked really good. Just the way Shanahan's able to use all those weapons. It's uh, it's really fun to watch, and it's a really scary sight as a Cowboys fan. Now, I think we can beat them. I think we'll probably see them again, but I got to give them credit. They're my pick to get out of the NFC. I think they can beat Philadelphia. I just think they'll dial up a game plan, and I, I think they if they're in a position where they can run the football, and keep the ball out of Jalen Hurts in that offense's hands, I think they'll dominate. I really do. I think they can beat anybody. So we'll see, man. I think it's a three-team race right now, especially after Minnesota getting throttled like that. It's going to be between the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the 49ers, whoever gets hot at the right time. But like I said, having fun would be an understatement. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he had four passing touchdowns, 131.9 passer rating. George Kittle, like I said, he had a big game, 84 yards, two touchdowns. Debo Samuels had 94 total yards. A touchdown. Brandon Ayuk had two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey had seven catches, 106 yards. They were just at full strength. They're healthy right now. Uh, the only thing that's going to ruin this team is the things that have ruined them in the past, and that is injuries. This is going to be like a really ugly game for the Saints. I think offensively, they're not going to be able to get anything going. Just be careful starting some of those Saints guys. Like if you have like Kamara, be careful. Uh, he could get shut down this week. That 49ers defense is physical. Yeah, give me the 49ers. Uh, I think this game, another another lopsided victory. 49ers all day. Let's go 27-14. to 14. 49ers get it done. Okay, Green Bay Packers going on the road to play the Philadelphia Eagles. 87% in favor of the Philadelphia Eagles at home for good reason. Like, all, dude, all these are freaking lopsided, man. Uh, this one, Eagles are six and a half point favorites. I could see Green Bay cover. Actually, what the hell am I thinking? No, they're not going to cover. They're not going to cover. I'm trying to like put out this like narrative that like Green Bay could actually, it's just because they beat us. It's literally because they beat us. No way. I ain't going to do it. I, you know, we got reports this week that Aaron Rodgers, his right thumb has been broken. You know, he's been dealing with the injury since he was sacked on the final play of the London game versus the Giants in October 9th. So that was a minute ago. And apparently he just hasn't been healthy. Um, And I could, I could kind of see it, you know, say what you want about the excuse narrative there. I mean, yes. But at the same time, like Aaron Rodgers was missing some easy throws in that Titans game at home. 
Like you can't use the weather as a factor. He plays in that weather every single week. And he just missed like crazy throws. So maybe he is a little bit injured. That doesn't mean their offense still isn't bad, but come on. On the road against Philadelphia's defense, six and a half point favorites. I want to say that the Packers can go in there and make it a game. I'm, I'm going to be rooting for them, obviously, because I want to try to catch Philly, but I ain't going to do it. There's no way I'm going to do it. I'm going to say Philly. Philly rolls here. And I think, honestly, I think they'll win by double digits. I, I really do. I think Philadelphia will go in there and they'll be able to to move the ball well and at home in prime time. Yep. I hate to say it. Give me the Eagles 32 to 22. And let's go ahead and get this last little eights best out of the week. Indianapolis, they're two and a half point favorites at home versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, uh Yeah. Three, seven, and one Colts, Steelers, three and seven. I mean, come on now. Come on now. When in doubt, pick the home team in this one. I really have nothing else to say about it. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. 73% favor the Colts. I think it's going to be ugly, low scoring. Let's go 20 to 16. Colts get it done. We're going to end it on that one, man. So short week this week. I know I kind of rambled on on the Cowboys a little bit. We'll get the normal squad back next week. Hope everyone has a wonderful thanksgiving eat a lot of food stuff in you know cornbread turkey ham if you're a turkey or ham guy i'm a ham guy personally but enjoy it have some fun and go cowboys we'll see y'all next week